Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. What is going on everybody? And uh are we good? We good? Yeah, yeah we're good. Okay, and welcome back to the Wednesday. I had to think about what day it was for a minute there. Um, sorry if we had a little technical difficulties there. We had to switch links. Um, I'm sure you'll find your way over in a second. The Wednesday edition of the NHL Strategy Show. I'm your host, Josh Harris. We are sponsored by BetMGM. I am back in New Jersey. It is 40 and rainy. It's miserable. Bringing in our, ho- our co-host as usual, Slim Cliffy. How are you doing today, Cliffy? Uh, not too bad, man. Uh, kind of going through the same weather I think you're going through. It started snowing a little bit earlier today. Uh, that time of year, we're rounding into December, the holiday season. We're getting close to the official start of winter. So uh, a lot more days like this. Um, quite a bit of news uh, in the NHL. I guess we should probably start with Chris Letang. Um, he missed... Uh, Pittsburgh's last game, they played last night um, with an illness. And my first thought was maybe it was something like Alexander Barkov, because that guy's been out for a few games now with an illness. Um, Seems like he's ready to come back soon. You know, maybe just a bad flu or something like that. But the team said he actually suffered a stroke on Monday. And... um, He's fine. Like they said, you know, everything's all the tests are clear. It doesn't seem like he's going to suffer too many or any, um, you know, negative effects immediately. But obviously with something like this, they have to do a lot more testing. Um, They have to they said they have to plan out, you know, his his, you know, short term medical interventions or whatever they may need to do. Um, And as Frank Saravalli, an NHL national NHL reporter pointed out, this is the second one of his NHL career. Um, he had one back in 2014. Um, they said it's not as serious as that one. So hopefully it's, it's not too long before he's back on the ice, but obviously his health comes first. That is really pretty scary to see a guy um, pro athlete having two strokes by the age of 35, but it looks like he's going to be okay. So that's obviously the good news from all of this. Yeah. And I, th- I think w- the Penguins Twitter said, responded responding to someone saying he was born with like a, a hole in his heart that normally closes 
when you're born, I guess his didn't close. And so we wish him the best um, speedy recovery. He apparently was, he talked to the locker room after it happened just to show everyone that he's okay. And luckily he understands his body and got out in front of it, which, you know, is a good thing. Cause sometimes, you know, we don't listen. Yeah. Especially as we get older. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, you, you you always wake up with a new uh, you know kink in your neck or creak in your back or something hurts something different hurts every day once you roll into your thirties and uh, you always hope it's nothing too serious. It doesn't seem like you know as serious as a stroke is. Doesn't seem like it's 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 going as about as well as as could be hoped for him. So uh, just hope to see him back on the ice uh, relatively soon. Best to him. Yeah, and uh, we had a, a pretty uh, interesting nine gamer last night. Blake Wheeler hat trick. The uh, the flow chart's alive and well. We'll say that. We're going to start making t-shirts, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. if, you, if you didn't have Winnipeg 1, you weren't winning massive money. There were still ways to win money last night. Like I cashed with Sharks and Flames and an Eberle one-off. Like the Seattle Kings game was just absolute madness. Um the live over under going into the third period was 16 and a half. <laughs> so, so like that game with just no goalies. They just played on the empty net. It seemed like. Yeah. Um, that, that was a wild game. Like I, I, I didn't watch the finish and um, you know, I go through probably the same routine every morning. I like, I try to not to check my phone or computer or anything when I wake up, it's, you know, breakfast and walk and, so on and so forth. So I didn't see that final. <clears throat> I walked to the gas station to go get a coffee, and the guy, the guy at the at the cash was like, uh, "So that was quite the uh, Los Angeles Seattle game last night." And I was thinking, yeah, "Well, I guess so." Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, seventeen goals scored. That is quite the performance. You know, we had uh, some pretty good efforts um, from people uh, in our Discord. Uh, Hoffbrow uh, took down a first for four K with a. FanDuel score over 300, which is something you definitely don't see uh, very often uh, in NHL. So congrats to him. Um, Oliver Atticus, uh, he's been doing pretty well of late. Uh, didn't bank last night, but finished top three uh, in the big $15 um, over on DK. So good night uh, to him. Uh, you and I got a DM uh, through Twitter as well. Uh, from user uh, Shwayne Flanagan took down the mini max with a score over 250 uh, on DraftKings, And he went with a standard four, three, one. He had um, the Winnipeg top line. Um, he, well, I guess it wasn't a four, three, one. It was a three, three, but he had the Winnipeg top line. Um, he had the Los Angeles top line, uh, Ekblad, Doughty and Connor Hellebuck and Ned Hellebuck put up a shutout with over 40 points. Uh, real good game by him. So there were certain players you you didn't you didn't necessarily need, but if you had them, you certainly uh, were at the front of the line. I was like you when I woke when like I went to bed at about one in the morning. Remember, it's a little bit later here, so the Winnipeg game was about an hour over with. Los Angeles Seattle was only halfway through their game, um, and when I I didn't have Winnipeg either. Um, I wasn't certainly wasn't expecting to cash. Uh, but I still managed, uh, somehow managed to pull out a cash, uh, main cash last night. I will take that considering I had no Winnipeg and no pieces from the Seattle, Los Angeles game. So, 
as you like to say, uh, green is good. And when you get it, when you're, especially when you're not supposed to, you just kind of take it and run. So congrats to all the winners last night. Uh, let's hope we can kind of do the same here again tonight. Yeah, I actually, for the first time on an NHL slate, I didn't log into DraftKings because the Wi-Fi on the plane wouldn't let me into gambling sites. So like when I got home, I just didn't look on DraftKings. And then I was at a diner at 1.30 in the morning eating burgers because I was hungry. And um, yeah, I didn't know. I, I was assuming I wasn't going to cash because I had no Winnipeg. I had Eberle, who had four assists, but Vinny Dunn did nothing. Elias Lindholm didn't do anything. Like, yeah, the Flames were okay. The Sharks were okay. And I was like, my my goalie had an overtime loss. So I was like, uh, you know, bombed. And then I woke up to DraftKings notification and I was confused. So then I logged in and it was nice. But like, yeah, you, you hope on those bigger slates there are multiple paths to, you know, cash. And last night was one of them, which is always nice. Tonight we have a short slate that is pretty spicy. We have min price goalies going against each other. We have some serious firepower. And this morning in our premium Discord, we did have, you know, a bunch of questions about building, you know, single entry lineups, three max strategy, this and that. So I, I, I figured, you know, we should cover that a little bit here. I mean, I know what I do. Maybe you have a different process. I'll go through what I do a little bit and then I can send it over to you. Like I, you were an MME player, like 20 max for most of the last season, but you noticed that your results in single entry, three max, Returned a better ROI, so you you pretty much a, a single entry to three max player this year. I've always been a single entry player in NHL. It's kind of like a dying art, I would say. Like it's it's not it's not for the faint of heart. So like if you're a 150 max player and you you don't have a great night, you still sometimes can return like at least 50 percent of your entries. You know what I mean? So like you at least feel okay about yourself single entry you kind of go through streaks where you just don't cash or you like min cash like once or twice in like a two-week span like you're relying on these big hits once or twice or three times whatever it is if you're on a hot streak you, you rely on those big caches to really you know settle your season and so what i like to do is one I try to take emotion out of it, which is always difficult. But one thing I like to do is identify my favorite line, regardless of ownership. I don't care what the ownership is on it at the beginning. And I'll plug them into the lineup builder. I'll put it into DraftKings lineup. We'll, you know, maybe we'll pull up the lineup builder at some point today. But, um, I'll put them in and I'll see what I can fit with and without them. If I end up on chalky builds, if I end up, you know, not being able to get something I like and I'll go from there, like I'll go in order. Like I'll write my favorite stuff, my favorite lines down. I'll, you know, plug in my favorite line regardless of ownership and start building around that, seeing what I can get to. um, And then just start narrowing it down from there. Like, yeah, later on, yeah, you can maybe start concerning yourself with ownership, but I wouldn't X out 
especially in single entry, your favorite line just because they're chalk. You know, I mean, there's so many ways to get different. Getting duped is a lot less now with all these bonuses and one-offs and different builds and all that. So, like, yeah, we 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 preach that ownership does matter, but at the end of the day, there's plenty of ways, even if you're using a chalky lineup to get different. So that's what I like to do. You know, I like to write down my favorite lines. I'll start messing around with the lineup builder or DraftKings, you know what I mean? And just, you know, see what I can fit with them, see what fits, if it's chalky, if it's contrarian, if I have to do a one-off, if I, you know, need, you know, what goalies do I need with them, this and that. And that's kind of how I break that down. And then if you're three-maxing, depending on the slate, right? So on a slate like this, if I was three-maxing, I would probably find a line that I like and use them in all three and then just build different stuff around that. Now, when you get to bigger slates, like 14, like 10 to 14 game slates, and there are just so many lines that you like, yeah, you can choose a different line and build around that in each of your entries. But on a short slate like this, I think going over the field on something that you really like and just mixing and matching with them, you know, if it hits, you're going to, you're going to be in a really, really good spot. So that's my process in one to three. I don't know if you do anything different, but I'll let you talk about what you do a little bit. Yeah, I, I think the point you made about identifying your favorite line is probably the most important one because, listen, like defensemen are important, goalies are important, but if you're stacking two lines and one of them's a bust, you're not winning. It's just that simple. Like you will see people win tournaments uh, with low low-ish goalie scores, you know, maybe like 10 points or 12 points or 14 points or something like that, and it's because – they're generally speaking, their forwards have a massive night. Like there are just more positions to succeed at, right? Like your two goalies and your defensemen are one. I I would consider them one stack. Your other forward stack is another stack. Your other forward stack is another stack. Like one defenseman is not as important as three forwards. One goalie is not as important as three forwards. Like I was just looking, we'll just take last night, for example. I was looking through um, the $12 single entry last night. And there were four guys that hit 200 points and two of them had Hellebuck and two of them didn't. Um, and Hellebuck, you know, he was a 40 plus point night uh, on DraftKings. Uh, and the other, you know, one of them was Tristan Jari, who was under 20 points uh, and he still broke 200 and finished third in the contest. Now, obviously that's not first place. Um, if he had Hellebuck, uh, he might've actually won. So, you know, there are times where it can push you out over the top. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think for how random goaltending can be, people kind of worry about it too much. And I mean, there's nothing you can do about it, right? Like when you're, when you're playing single entry and you have one goalie, it's kind of like in fantasy baseball with your relief pitcher, right? <laughs> like he, he's going in and you got to hope that he just doesn't get blown up. And if he doesn't get blown up and can go and get you the save, you're probably just happy with whatever else happens, right? It's, you know, when he gets blown up that it really hurts. So, identifying your favorite forward line is probably the best way to go. Now to do that, there are a number of ways to do that. I'll just start by pulling up our lineup builder and I'll show people how to actually get to it on the site. Cause people have asked me about that. Uh, you just highlight the tool section, go down to lineup builder uh, and click NHL. So that'll bring up your lineup builder. It automatically defaults to FanDuel. Um, we're going to click over to DraftKings cause that's where uh, most people tend to play. And it brings up everything we have on the site. So you'll have, you know, the player name, position, their salary, 
uh, their ownership percentage, what their projection is, and what the stack projection is. And the stack projection is something I kind of want to highlight a That's, little bit. I'm sorry to cut you off real quick. And you get all that if you're a premium member. If you are not a member to the site, you just get the name, the salary. Um, and, the, and, and the line they're on. Yeah. And the line they're on, yeah. Yeah. Um, all those extra projections like ownership and project and individual player projection and stack projection. Yes. That all comes with a premium subscription. That's why we recommend you guys sign up uh, to stochastic.com. Uh, <laughs> but that's one thing that I do to kind of help sort my lines. So now I, I start looking through the lines a little bit. Okay. You have San Jose wanted about 31. Obviously Toronto one is going to be at the top because any line, like any line with Austin Matthews on it is going to be at or near the top for projections because he just projects so well on every single slate. You have about 31 and a half for Ottawa, 32 and a half for the Rangers. Now, 36 and a half for Buffalo. That's where, you know, things can kind of get a little bit spicy because other than um, Edmonton, and obviously Edmonton's going to be massive, and Toronto, obviously Toronto's going to be massive because of Matthews. Um, that Buffalo top line is number three by overall stock projections. So I look at that and I think, okay, they're – projecting 36.6 points. That's not that far off from Toronto's 40.3. Um, you know, it's less than 10% underneath what that line is stacked at. Um, and then I bring it over to um, our NHL top stacks and look to see, uh, you know, where they might rank by leverage and all that. So, um, you know, Buffalo's top line coming in with pretty good leverage, 9%, 13% ownership. Um, it is because everybody's going to be playing Toronto. We're expecting about 20% ownership on them. So, yes, obviously the Edmonton top line is in a really great spot, and there are lines you can put with them. The Toronto top line, not in a bad spot, uh, pretty high total. Uh, you can put them in there as well. But now I'm looking at the Buffalo top line because not only do they have a high projection, but the rest of their lines are fairly low. Like their other two lines are under 20 points projection that you can see in the red numbers here so if the buffalo sabers do put up a bunch of goals we are expecting them to come more or less from the top line um it's kind of the same in edmonton obviously with uh dry and mcdavid both skating on the top line together um zach hyman um has been moved there both of the last two games we'll talk about that game a little bit later um but they project well they're coming in with really good ownership um it's not a bad matchup so that would be you know if I'm not playing Toronto, which um, will be very popular. If I'm not playing Edmonton, which will also be very popular. It's like, what else is on this slate here? Buffalo one would be one of the lines that I would circle. And I would kind of do that, you know, for every, every line, every team, see what sticks out at different price points. Um, and that's how I, I would go about picking my main stack is I, you know, you'd look for what's going to be obviously going to be played tonight. Austin Matthews' line is obviously going to be played. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they're obviously going to be played. It's not like people are avoiding Buffalo. You know, they might be in the low to mid-teens uh, for ownership, but that's going to be a lot less than what the other two come in with. So that would be one of the lines that I would focus on. I would throw them in the lineup builder, and then I continue from there. And then, you know, I go line by line. You know, which lines do I like? Um, you know, does the Chicago second line fit in well? Um, does the Ottawa second line fit in well? Um, and that's when I start looking for my secondary stacks. I'll just click in the Ottawa second line just to kind of make things simple. Um, obviously, we're going to take one of the $6,500 goalies. We'll throw 
Um, Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And I would say you don't have to correlate your goalies, but I just would. So now you have 4150 remaining for your two defensemen. And then you go through the projections to look for what defensemen are projecting well, you know, which ones aren't going to have a lot of ownership and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I'll just click in our, our boy Artem Zub real quick. Um, and I'll throw in um, who's sitting around five grand here. I'll throw in Mo Cedar um, just for fun. So projecting 93 points, that's not bad. I usually try to get point uh, point projections um, up around 100 when I'm doing this through the lineup builder. But that was just going through it quickly just to show people kind of what we do. That's I, I, I agree with you. The most important point is to highlight which line you're going to build around. Um, is it going to be Toronto one? Is it going to be Edmonton one? Is it going to be um, uh, Buffalo one? Is it going to be Detroit one? Oh, you pick one of those lines um, and then you can see what fits in with that and then what goalies can fit with that um, and then which defenseman might correlate or which defenseman might project well because they've moved up the lineup or they're getting more minutes, um, so on and so forth. That's kind of how I go. It's like, your main stack is more important. Your secondary stack is less important. Um, your goalie after that and your defenseman after that. That's just, yeah, it's just like a step-by-step process that I go through every day um, to see what I really, really like. Now, obviously there are other inputs we use, like you and I talk about line matching a lot. Uh, our buddy um, that we subscribe to on Twitter at line matching. Um, again, it's not through stochastic, it's through somebody else, but um, we look at line matching. Um, you obviously look at, uh, at recent trends like, you know, maybe Austin, you know, a while ago, Austin Matthews was projecting real well, but he was playing like 16 minutes a night. And it's because projections factor in historical performance and historical ice time, um, not necessarily what they've been doing the last two or three games. Um, so, you know, maybe Matthews was projecting very well, but he was only skating 16 minutes. So you can kind of skip over that. Um, those are just kind of the other things that we do. But more than anything, I, I, I think the first point you made is the most salient one here is to really nail down the primary stack you're going to use and then just go step-by-step from there. Um, it's a it's a process that once you do it a few times, you just get the hang of it and you can do it in like five minutes if you're really in a rush. Um, the more time you have to research, the better, but you can do it quickly once 
uh, you have a step-by-step process that you stick to. And that's what I would suggest um, to people playing single entries. Look for the main stack um, that you're going to build around and then take it from there. Yeah. And I I think a couple important points. One, about the lineup builder. It lets you build lineups without, without having to enter anything on these sites like DraftKings or FanDuel. You can see what fits without like creating like 400 lineups in DraftKings and you're just like, oh, I don't know. Now I don't know which one to play. So like that's important. You can mark them down. You can write them down. And second thing in single entry three max. And I've I've been guilty of this in seasons past and I've gotten away from it this year. And I've seen some pretty good results is like last year I was forcing in correlation with my D men to my stacks. So to say I was going like three, three, two, I would have three from one. And then I'd have, you know, two and a defenseman from another than the one-off defenseman that correlates with my single bullet. But like, I, th- I think forcing in a defender from the same team, just because he plays from the same team is just, you know, you're cutting off your nose despite your face. So I think like when you get down to the nitty gritty there, like the last lineup spot, at, like last night, I had um, San Jose. I had Calgary one full line stack. It was my favorite line, right? And then I put Hurdle and Meyer in there, and then I put Eberle. And I decided to pair Eberle with Vinny Dunn because they're on the power play together. They, you know, Dunn plays a ton of minutes and he's fairly priced. That left me with forty three hundred left. So instead of forcing in a Sharks defender to make a 3-3-2 that I didn't like. I took the highest projected defenseman left that I liked in that spot instead of forcing correlation, and I ended up on Cam Fowler. He didn't have the best night, but he played 28 minutes at 4,300. And, you know, instead of, like, forcing in, I don't know, like, Jason Megna and, like, changing my goalie just to get correlation, it, it just doesn't make sense sometimes. So when you get down to those final spots, I think, you know, forcing in correlation isn't the best idea. Um, if you just happen to get there and it fits and you like it, then yeah, sure, go for it. But like, I'm not going to force in a guy just because they're on the same team. They might not even see the ice time together. You know what I mean? I'm going to look for my final spots for some highly projected guys. Yeah, no, that's a pretty good point um, about just forcing correlation kind of for no reason. And the final point that I'll make is, is somebody just asked in the chat um, about doing pairs of players rather than three man stacks. And I don't have um, any real problem playing pairs in large field tournaments. Like if you're playing, you know, what's the quarter arcade, like 5,500 people or 6,000 people or something like that. Like if you're doing that, I don't mind pairs of players because you need more to go right to finish first place. Um, it didn't happen last night with the guy that sent us um, that that uh, screenshot. I mean, he was in the minimax and still hit it um, with a 3-3. But the point of three-man stacking is to get the highest scoring player on a slate in your stack. It's not that necessarily everybody's going to put up 30 DK points. Um, it's that, you know, maybe one guy hits 40, another guy's at about 25, and the other guy's at about 10. So, you know, the whole stack gives you 75 points. Um, you can do pairs. Sometimes you'll just miss out um, on the wrong guy. Like last night, for example, um, Calgary 2. Uh, if you took pairs of Calgary 2, I'd have to think you were going to include Nazem Kadri in that build. 
he had zero points. He had three shots on goal. While um, I think Andrew Mangiapane had a goal and assist and Dylan Dubé had a three-point night. Um, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes um, if you're leaving a guy off a stack. Now, I there are times I leave a guy off a stack, um, like you did last night, putting in Jordan Eberle as the one-off. I would say... the. I would say don't overcomplicate things unless you're playing in a huge field. Like if you're playing, um, you know, I, like I play the $20 uh, three max um, most nights, you know, if you're playing the $20 three max with, you know, 400 people or 500 people or whatever it is, um, you don't need a perfect lineup to win it, finish first place. It's just when you get to those fields of like 3000, 5,000, 7,000 people that you need to be a, a little bit more perfect with your lineup. So that would be the last thing that I'll have to say here about uh, lineup construction. Yeah. And if you're playing single entry three max, I still throw my lineups into the 15 and like the, the 150 max, but I don't build like I'm trying to win yeah. the, the, the $15. If I happen to get up there, I get up there. I'm looking to build a good lineup that's going to place really well in single entry and three max contests. So yeah, I, I, I would still throw it in the 15 or the four or what, you know, whatever the 150 max that you're comfortable with your bankroll playing. I wouldn't avoid those contests, but I wouldn't, you know, go crazy building a unique build to try to get to the top of that with one lineup. I think you just need to worry about your process, build the best lineups you can and worry about placing highly in the three max single entry contests. And then, you know, wherever it finishes in the 150 max, it does. Like you just, I, I I put the I put my lineups in there just out of FOMO, you know. Like, what if ha- what happens if I build the absolute stone nuts, you know? Yeah. And I'm in there, like I yeah. just I just put it in there just for a lottery ticket. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So we uh, hopefully that you know covered it. L- luckily, we had a four game slate today, and we had to talk about that. We had time to talk about this, and maybe you know going forward on shorter slates, we'll we'll address you know other topics. But if you still have questions, and you know you're premium member ask us in discord like they just we weren't planning on doing this today they asked us in discord i said you know we have time this is a good uh, this is a good topic since a lot of our a lot of our guys you know play single entry three max and both of us you know do it you know we we can mme we just have had better results in the one to three max but yeah if you have topics that you want us to discuss on short slates then you know, shoot us a message in Discord. We are very open to talking about these things, but we do have a four-game slate, um, which we can get through uh, in a half an hour. That's no worries. You know, I might hit a tangent or two because I, I've had so much caffeine, I don't know what I'm doing. But, yeah, let's get into the slate. But before you do, give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget, almost all of our content is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice. Uh, help us out by leaving a five-star review. Hitting, you know, subscribing, hitting that like, leaving a review helps us out so much. It helps, you know, you guys, we can give you this content for free. We love doing that. So, yeah, help us out, like and subscribe, leave a comment, five-star review. Uh, for the, you know, podcast, and we can do this more often. First game of the night, I feel like Chris Kattan and and what's that movie? I don't watch Chris Kattan movies. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember remember. Night of of the Roxbury. No, it wasn't Night of the Roxbury. It was, uh, I don't know. Anyway, San Jose Sharks, 2.5 total. 
Heading into Toronto, the Maple Leafs have a 3.9 total. Aaron Dell, Ilya Samsonov confirmed. Both these goalies are min price on DraftKings on FanDuel. Ilya Samsonov is min price and Aaron Dell is 6,800. Now the Leafs are minus 300 or even higher since the last time I checked. So it was not undercover brother either. I'll get there. Don't worry. I'll look it up in a second. Uh, Samsonov. Min price, minus 300 favorite. He's going to be an overwhelmingly chalk goalie tonight, which is going to depress the Sharks' ownership. They also have the lowest total on the slate and are the biggest underdog. Um, And they played last night. So, yeah, the Leafs are obviously going to be heavy, you know, heavily owned here. The one thing, you know, with Edmonton being on the slate that you're going to have to ask yourself here is Edmonton is an unbelievable power play spot, and somehow – Despite the goalies, the Sharks' penalty kill has been very, very good. Now, Aaron Dell, I believe this is his um, – yeah, Corky Romano. Thank you, Haas. It is Corky Romano. Yeah, when the when the police dog blows open the bag of Coke on his face and he's just like, whoa, talking like a, like 10 miles a minute. But anyway, um, yeah, Aaron Dell, I believe this is his first start in the NHL this year. I don't, he might not even have been in the NHL last year, so like – yeah, Edmonton is an unbelievable power play spot. The Leafs aren't, but this is like the Sharks' fourth goalie here. Right now, ownership on Edmonton and Toronto is about the same. I, I, I'm kind of like still debating what I want to do here, so I wanted to get your thoughts on what you're doing with the Leafs. Yeah, um, here's my thing on the Toronto top line. Now we just talked about how they're probably going to be fairly highly owned tonight. Um, we have uh, the Toronto top line uh, on DraftKings prior top stacks tool um, coming in at about 25% ownership. <laughs> That's a lot of ownership. Um, what I want to discuss is Austin Matthews playing with William Nylander. Now, that's something that you and I have talked about quite a bit um, since they've been put together. They've been together for like, I want to say like nine or 10 games now. Um, the quality that they generate is not the same as with Mitch Marner. And to put a pin, to put uh, a finer point on that, Cam Sharon, um, he's a hockey analyst. He's actually the guy that got me interested in advanced stats like a decade ago. Um, he ended up working with Tor- the Toronto Maple Leafs as a stats um, video guy for like six years or seven years. Um, not with the team anymore, so he's doing more independent research. Anyways, he had an article for The Athletic talking about the differences between Matthews playing with Marner and Matthews playing with Nylander. And I think something that Marner does not get enough credit for is being disruptive in the offensive zone. It's why he's such a good penalty killer um, is that he can be really disruptive pressuring the puck carrier and forcing turnovers. And if you can force turnovers in the offensive zone, you can really create good scoring chances because um, obviously the defense, um, the defensive positioning isn't there. Um, players aren't where they're supposed to be. You can kind of find those gaps and gaps and holes in the defense and so on and so forth. And that's not something that William Nylander is really great at. Um, that's creating fewer turnovers um, in the offensive zone uh, to create kind of those, you know, bang, bang plays off the rush uh, or off the turnover. Sorry. Um, 
And Matthews generates a lot fewer shots from the slot, which is obviously one of the prime scoring areas in the offensive zone. Um, this is something that uh, Cam tracked himself watching game after game after game, obviously uh, being with the Leafs for so long and now being out um, uh, doing analysis on his own. So this that's not to say that they're going to be a bad line or anything like that. But the thing is, is we're talking about a line that's supposed to be amongst the elite scoring in the NHL. Um, and they just haven't really been that great um, in their time together. Three expected goals per 60 minutes at five on five is good. It's In fact, it's really good for most every line in the league. It's not really good for an Austin Matthews line. Um, you know, they are scoring th- at a clip of three, 3.8 goals per 60 minutes, which again is good. It's really good. It's not anywhere near what Matthews, Marner, and Bunting did last year. Now, I know they had a tough start to the season, but it was like eight or nine games of a low shooting percentage. You know, a bad couple weeks shooting. That just, you know, that happens to every player. Um, I I just have a little bit of concern that they're going to be going into that San Jose 1 matchup, and I know it's a back-to-back, but Meyer, Hurdle, and LeBanc have been really, really good defensively, only 2.1 expected goals against um, in their minutes together. So I think there are the only reason I wouldn't really want to fade. Uh, the only reason I wouldn't want to fade Toronto here tonight is because of Aaron Dell. Um, if you look at his career, um, his goals saved above expected, which is one of the goalie measures that we use is not very good. Like worse than Miko Koskinen uh, who's out of the NHL now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Since the start of his career, he's in, in that like, Thomas Grice, Elvis Merzlikens um, range. Again, just like not very good. Um, he's not a good goalie, but the Sharks have an excellent penalty kill. Um, the lowest, the San Jose has the lowest shots against for 60 minutes on the penalty kill in the month of November. It's absolutely crazy how good they are on the penalty kill. And Toronto has been really relying on the power play um, for, um, for a lot of their fantasy production. Now, because of Aaron Dell, it makes me feel nervous fading Toronto on a four-game slate. But I think between how good the Sharks penalty kill is, between how good the San Jose top line has been defensively, I think there are – and between Matthews and Nylander not creating nearly the quality scoring chances um, that Matthews and Marner were, I think there are reasons to avoid Toronto 1 here tonight. I don't think I'm going to be playing them in single entry. You guys make your own decisions. Toronto, too, I would have a little bit more interest in. Um, Marner's obviously been on a huge tear, 17 straight uh, games with a point. He's finally started scoring as his shooting percentage has turned around. You know, if um, if the Leafs get there on the power play, it's probably going to be through John Tavares. He's still generating a lot of very good quality looks with the man advantage. So, you know, I'd, I'd probably lean more to Toronto, too, but they're coming in very heavily owned as well. So, um I have no problem playing Toronto too. I think it's a softer matchup going up against the Couture line. Um, obviously, Aaron Dell in net is not going to help. Like, I'm not going to begrudge anybody playing Toronto entirely, but I just think there are, you know, considering how well the San Jose top line is playing, considering just how elite the penalty kill has been basically all year, but especially over the last month, I think there are reasons to stay away from Toronto one. On the San Jose side, it's kind of the same problem because the Toronto PK penalty kill is pretty good. Not elite, but pretty good. San Jose doesn't really draw a lot of power plays either, which is a big problem. Um, So they have to get a lot done at five on five. Um, Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? 
you can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, the Toronto top line's been pretty good defensively. Like, good defensively, not great. The second line's been good defensively, not great. I know they have a lot of injuries on the blue line. I think I would be more inclined to go back to San Jose here um, just for uh, leverage purposes. Elias Samson off. It's his first game off injury. Like, you know, we just saw Jake Ottinger get blown up. Like uh, was it last week when he returned from injury. So um, it definitely can happen. I would probably be more inclined to go on the San Jose side, but honestly, I think this might end up being a little bit of a lower scoring game. So not too interested uh, in stacking anything in single entry here. Yeah. If the Oilers weren't on the slate, it would be a much different question, but I like the power play spot that the Oilers are in. Like, I don't want to say it makes it an easy choice, but like with everything being equal and ownership coming in similar projected, like I'm probably just going to go to Edmonton. If I end up playing the Oilers over Toronto here, Um, you know, like, Aaron Dell is the issue here, right? So, like, power play stacking against a good PK but an awful goalie, like, seems like a good idea. But, like, the Sharks' PK is so good is because when they do give up shots, they're not very dangerous. So, like, it's a question what you want to do. Like, short slate, yeah. I think, you know, one lineup, you're going to have a question – you know, you're going to have to answer that question for yourself. The more lineups you get to, obviously, the easier it is to get in Leafs here. I do agree the shark side, like, if there's ever going to be a night to use a back-to-back team on the road on a short slate with the lowest total with the biggest underdog, it's with Ilya Samsonov in net, who's going to be close to 50%, maybe even more than 50% owned. Yeah. Sharks top line, not getting much ownership. Didn't have the best game yesterday, but like, you know, Timo Meyer's been a shooting machine. I mean, Hurdle still scored twice. Yeah. It's okay. just it's yeah. just that, you know, other lines went absolutely bananas across the slate elsewhere. Yeah. It's like if there's ever a time to go to the Sharks here, like 2.5 for back-to-back on the road for a Sharks team is actually a pretty fair total just because, you know, their depth is a little bit wonky, so you know it's probably going to be coming from the top six or the power play. So I don't mind getting to some sharks here. So, yeah, this game is a mess, but it's on the slate. So there you go. Let's move to the blue line here. Like Carlson at 8,500, that's a tough pill to swallow. Like, <laughs> like last night he was 8,700, also a tough pill to swallow. Like, I don't know. Like – I'd much rather play 
the other expensive guys not on defense. Like Matthews is only 200 more, and I don't know. Like I just don't think I'll get personally to any Carlson. You know, if you're MMEing, obviously you'll have some, but in one to three, I just don't think I'll have Carlson. On the on the Leaf side, Sandine running that top power play at 2,600, I think is fine. You know, it's not the best power play matchup, but 2,600, like if they get a bunch of power plays, chances are, and they convert, chances are he might be on the score sheet there. Uh, Mark Giordano, 3,800 is, you know, the main guy I'm looking at. Also, don't mind Lilligren at 2,800. Yeah, I think Giordano's probably the best defense play in this game. His projection's still really high, obviously, for the minutes that he plays and all that. So I do like Giordano. I don't think you necessarily have to run back to Rasmus Sandin, um, especially because we talked about it's not a pretty bad power play spot for the Leafs. And I was actually looking at Toronto's numbers without Morgan Riley. Um, their shot attempts are down, or, or their shot attempts are about 20% higher with Riley on the blue line than any other defenseman. So bad PK spot, no Riley. I think you find to stay away from Sandin. Um, Timothy Lilligren is actually the guy I would probably go to. He was up over 21 minutes again last game. I think he's the cheap guy I would use on the Toronto side. Um, the other guy I'll mention is Matt Benning uh, for San Jose. I think he was uh, up uh, 20, 21 minutes last night uh, in Montreal. He's super cheap on DK. Um, you know, if Toronto starts firing the puck, he can definitely get the block bonus for you on DraftKings. So don't mind Benning on DK. And Samsonoff is an obvious choice. He's mid-priced, leaves for minus 300. Any interest in AA, Ron? No. no. No, I just don't. I mean, listen, any goalie can win on any given night. Um, you know, if you absolutely need to use them because uh, you're playing, uh, let's say you're playing uh, some Sharks and maybe you're getting some Edmonton guys in there, you need some salary saved, like it's possible. But I think there are cheap goalies you can use elsewhere on the slate instead. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM, and we have a no-brainer offer for you. Bet $10, and you win $200 in free bets if any team scores a goal during the World Cup. <laughs> World Cup. Click the link in the description uh, below. or the, it's, a, it's the pinned comment to sign up. The bet must be on a pregame money line. Uh, if you don't have a BetMGM account, this is for you. You sign up. You deposit $10. You bet it on a pregame money line. And you win $200 in free bets. Um, so I've been told through our analytics that we've had a bunch of people sign up but not deposit. In order to get the $200 in free bets, you have to bet. You have to deposit at least $10 and bet it on a pregame money line World Cup game. So if you made your account, you might as well just deposit $10 and get the $200 in, in free bets. Bet that. Win. Go from there. This offer is available in all states except New York, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, and Ontario. This offer ends Sunday. So if you're ever thinking about it or you've already created a BetMGM account and haven't deposited, deposit the $10, win 200 in free bets. We move on. New York Rangers, 3.3 total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a 3.1 total. Yaroslav Halak is probable for the Rangers. Cam Talbot confirmed for the senators not much ownership here on the senators they are expensive but that might be okay um rangers goaltending hasn't been great recently obviously igor is still preferred but halak and net not much ownership on the senators kind of like them here what are you saying yeah i 
I kind of like um, both sides of this game. Um, one thing I, I, I like to look at is pace. Now, I define pace by shot attempts for plus shot attempts against uh, per 60 minutes just to see who's playing at a high pace. Like St. Louis always plays at a very low pace, which is why, you know, racking up shots on goal and shot blocks in games with St. Louis can be tough. Ottawa, first in November in uh, pace uh, in the entire league, even ahead of Florida, which means the most shot attempts happen in uh, whenever Ottawa is playing. Um, now, a lot of it is shot attempts for because they are a pretty good offensive team, but they have been giving it up uh, defensively as well. Um, I want to start on the Rangers side here because um, they have been struggling, I guess, a little bit uh, in scoring. Um, not really been playing uh like they've been playing fine i think but they just have been having a real tough time scoring um they're going into ottawa tonight and you know ottawa like i said has been playing uh to a really high pace uh so far well not so far this season basically all season um not really that great um by goals against like pretty much right in line with los angeles we just saw what happened with los angeles and Cal Peterson got waived um, while we were on the air. So I guess you could kind of see that coming. But Ottawa has had trouble um, keeping the puck um, out of their own net. Now, the problem is, is that the Ottawa lines themselves actually haven't been that bad defensively. Um, certainly not in the iterations that you they're using. Like Chuck Stutzla and Giroux, 105 minutes together, 2.2 expected goals against. Like that's really good. We were just talking about San Jose's top line kind of in the same range. Um, Ottawa second line, 2.1 expected goals against again, pretty good defensively. Here's the problem is Ottawa typically uses their third line, <laughs> not typically, but often uses the third line and shutdown matchups. And that line has not been, um, as good. Um, Mott, uh, and Joseph fine, but really play, uh, to a high pace. Um, Broussard's certainly not going to help in that regard. And that's the matchup that Criders, Abanajad, and VC are going to get. So I think it's a pretty good five on five matchup for the Rangers. And they do have, um, a 3.3 total, um, higher than Ottawa, higher than, um, Buffalo, uh, in the next game as well. So, you know, Criders, Abanajad, and VC have been playing very, very well together. 3.9 expected goals generated in their time together. You know, Crider, um, Zabanishad played 20 to 21 minutes a night. Um, I think this is a this isn't a bad spot for that Rangers top line. I just don't think I would go to every anything else on the Rangers. Like I think Lafreniere, Trocek, and Kraftsoff can be a good line. I just want to see Kraftsoff kind of prove that he can belong in the NHL. And the way Ottawa runs their lines, they're going to be facing the top six quite a bit. Um, so I think it's a little bit of a tough matchup for them. I do like the Rangers' top line in this game. I'm probably not going to get to the second or third lines after that. On the Ottawa side, Ottawa is going to be going into the Rangers' second and third lines. That Ottawa top line, sorry, Kachuk, Stutzla, um, and Giroux. And they've been really good offensively, 3.8 goals per 60 minutes in their time together uh, this season, which is just as good as the Toronto top line, uh, I might add. Um and they'll be seeing the second and third line from the Rangers. The second line from the Rangers, uh, 3.1 or 3.5 expected goals against, sorry, uh, with Panarin and Heedle together over the last couple of seasons. They've been really porous defensively, being bailed out by Shesterkin, but Shesterkin's not starting tonight. 
Uh, and Trocek and Lafreniere have not been good together either. 3.0 expected goals against in their minutes together this season. 3.1 actual goals against. Those Rangers second and third lines don't look very good defensively to me. And I think the Ottawa top line can kind of feast on that. And the Ottawa top line um, has been really good on the power play as well. Now, Giroux's on the second power play unit, and that's a little bit of a problem. But I think it's an opportunity um, to make a power play stack if you want to save some money. You know, take off Giroux, put on Batherson, something like that. Um, the Ottawa top power play unit, 12 goals per 60 minutes um, this season. That's really, really good. Um, that's a, Again, that's about in Toronto ones, uh, the Toronto power plays range as well. Um, I think the Ottawa top line is definitely what I like most in this game. They're not coming in with much ownership. We're looking at uh, 4 to 6% um, in our top stacks tool, um, about 5.5% overall. Uh, we have them at 19% to be a top two stack. Like I think this Ottawa top line, you know, considering um, upside, considering ownership, you know, no Shesterkin in net. I think this Ottawa top line is one of my is probably my favorite non Edmonton Edmonton line on this entire slate. Yeah, if you have the huevos to fade, you know the big boys tonight because Ottawa one on DraftKings is over twenty thousand dollars. It would be Ottawa one for me. You know, if if I had the stones to outright fade Matthews and McDavid, and you know what, I might haven't gotten there yet. Um, you know, Panarin them facing Panarin, Hedl, Kako, like, yeah, that line might be good offensively, but, like, man, they're not going to be very good defensively. Uh, Lafreniere, Trocek, Kraftsoff, like, Kraftsoff plays, like, seven minutes and gets benched for a week, and, like, yeah, maybe he shows he's be he belongs, but, like, very good matchups here. Very good, you know, like, the Rangers' penalty kill hasn't been great. They've gotten bailed out you know, last season for sure by Igor. They haven't been too great in goaltending on the penalty kill. Halak is a big downgrade from Igor. Like, I don't know. Like, Ottawa 1 is setting up for a low-owned smash tonight, and not many people are going to have them because of Matthews and McDavid. I think, you know, if you're MMEing, I would – if I was making 150 tonight, I'd be, I'd be over the field on Ottawa 1. We'll just put it that way. Um, on the Rangers side, like I agree with you, Rangers one for me. I wanted to get to some Rangers two, but like at their ownership, I'm just gonna go to Rangers one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you want to leave off VC and add in Panarin, that's fine. But like, yeah, Mika and Kreider at 15%, or Heedle and Panarin at 14%. I'm gonna go to Kreider and Zabatajan. Obviously, if you need you know salary savings, like, yeah, it's fine preferred is Rangers top line. Let's move to the blue line here. Adam Fox down under 6K. Uh, I like him for the power play. Jacob Truba at 5,100 is, you know, the Perifs guy. Really about it. You can take a stab on Keandre Miller if you want. On the um, Ottawa side, Chabot under 5K here. Should be uh, pretty popular. Uh, I also like my son, Artem Zub, at 3,200. I think, you know, low threes to twos is where you can Zub it up, and that is tonight. Yeah, I'll, I'll just mention our projections have Adam Fox just flat out for more points than Eric Carlson, and he's yeah. over $2,000 cheaper on DraftKings. Like, there, there's something – there's a little bit of a mispricing going on there. But, yeah, I like Fox. Truba's price um, still uh, very good as well. Shabbat, I think, is his cheapest that he's been all season. 
Um, I kind of get it, but I, that's one of those ways where, you know, if you're worried about how expensive the Ottawa top line is, like I said, you can take out Drew and put in Batherson, or you can do a two man Stutzla and Kachuk and put Shabbat on the blue line and save money that way as well. Like there are ways to make it a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah, probably liking the Zub, uh, Artem Zub, uh, in this spot, uh, playing a lot of minutes, 3,200. I think that's just fine as well. Um, probably not going to dip down into the Rangers cheap guys because I think I'd be playing Zub uh, or Backstrom if I needed a cheap defenseman from this game. Or yep. not Backstrom, Branstrom. I knew what you meant. <laughs> um, and don't worry, guys. We're going to spill over. The next show isn't until 3.30, so we can go a little bit over here to get these last two games in. So stick with us. Um, of course, on a four-game slate, we're going over, but it's just classic us. Um Lineup generator is the perfect tool for building winning lineups for DFS content. Now it's a little bit different than the lineup builder. The lineup generator is for NFL and NBA. They, they do have NHL in the works, but what it is, it's a cutting edge algorithm that analyzes player data and trends to help you make the best choices for your lineup. It has an easy to use interface. You can have your lineups built in seconds, no more, Spending hours researching players, although I would advise still doing your homework. Get an edge on your opponents by using Lineup Generator's powerful contest simulations. It saves you time and energy. So what else you can do? Uh, you can choose between a balanced build, a highly projected build, contrarian builds. You also have the ability to save up to 20 lineups. If you don't like the lineup that pops up, you can discard it. Um once you saved all your lineups, it shows you all your player exposures, and you can adjust from there. And in NFL, it lets you stack. So you can stack a quarterback with a wide receiver. You can do it with two wide receivers. You can run it back with a player from the other team. So it is an awesome, awesome feature. You should check it out. It comes with – it's included when you sign up for any of our DFS packages, obviously NFL or NBA. Third game of the night. Buffalo Sabres, 3.1 total heading into Detroit. The Red Wings have a 3.5 total. Craig Anderson probable. Alex Nedeljkovich confirmed. Uh, Wings changed up their lines here. It's top lines now. Dominique Kubalik, Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond. Second line of Tyler Bertuzzi, Michael Rasmussen, and David Perron. That moves Andrew Kopp down to the third line center with Adam Ernie and Oscar Sundquist. Status quo for the Sabres. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. I like Nadelkovich. I think he's a bit of a downgrade from Huso, though. Six and a half total here, not a lot of ownership again. I think both sides are in play for me. I think I'm leaning to one side. I want to see what's, which side you're looking at. Yeah, I, I think the first thing I want to mention is that Buffalo is not a very good defensive team. I think <laughs> with how good of a season Rasmus Dahlin is having and how good the top line has been, I think it's kind of hiding um, the issues throughout the lineup. 
The Buffalo top line, 3.7 expected goals against per 60 minutes this year. The Buffalo second line, 2.9 expected goals against per 60 minutes this year. The Buffalo third line, three expected goals against per 60 minutes with Middlestad and Olofsson on the ice. Um, I guess there's a question whether that's the Buffalo third line anymore because uh, they got benched in their last game for the final 10 minutes plus overtime. So um, whether they're still the third line is a question, but those are all lines all anywhere from below average to well below average defensively so far this season. So it's a pretty decent matchup for Detroit. And I think that's why you're seeing a three and a half total, which is behind only Toronto and Edmonton on this slate, which like, that's that's wild, man. Um, one reason is because they have three lines that can score. Again, if you look up, if you go to our lineup builder, if you're a premium subscriber, all their their top three lines are all projected for at least 20 DK points, which is the only team to have that here tonight. Not even Toronto has that. Not even uh, the New York Rangers have that with their more balanced line of combinations. Every single top three or the top three Detroit lines are projected for 20 plus, but none of them are projected for 30. So like they're expecting goals here, but they might be spread out with all that said, there are good matchups to take advantage of here. The problem with me with the Red Wings top line is this, is that I really, really like the price on Lucas Raymond of 3,900, but he has not been very good this year. Um, So far this season, Raymond's, uh, shots shot rate is down from last year and it wasn't even that high uh to begin with um he's sitting at or uh, under two shots per game um on the season the only reason he's actually scoring goals because he's shooting 16 percent which i think he might be able to because he's talented but um it's he's not not only is he not shooting but he's also not driving the play and kublik is not a guy that drives the play super well either. So I'm wondering if this, if that Detroit top line doesn't struggle at five on five here, because listen, I, I think Lucas Raymond is a very talented player. I just think he's just kind of, he's still what, 19 years old, uh, maybe just turned 20. Like he's still kind of learning um, how to be a, a effective night in and night out uh, in the NHL and do something more than shoot. I think it's kind of that Oliver Wallstrom problem. Um, over with the Islanders. So I don't have a huge problem playing the Detroit top line, especially where they're not coming in um, with all that much ownership. Um, they are, you know, relatively cheap because of Raymond. Um, but I, I kind of dig that uh, Detroit second line with Michael Rasmussen there. Now they are coming in very over-owned. Um, and you only get one guy on the top power play unit with David Perron because uh, Bertuzzi um, had been playing um, power play two um, of late. That's a bit of an issue as well, but <coughs> pardon me, but um, they're going to be getting um, some pretty good matchups uh, on the other side. Like that cousins Paterka Quinn line has been very good offensively, but also pretty porous defensively. Um, they're going to see, they might see a little bit of that middle stat line, which has also been very bad. Um, I don't mind Bertuzzi, Rasmussen, and Perron. It's something where I, this is one of the cases where I'd probably make a two-man, like a two-man and Bertuzzi and Perron or something like that, because I think those are the guys that will get the touches on the puck um, when they're in the offensive zone rather than Rasmussen. Um, but I don't mind that Detroit second line. Um, I think you can even drop down to the third line. I know Andrew Kopp um, has had a bad start to the season, but is 
He's not, his impacts have started to improve a little bit. He's at least been passable offensively. It's just defensively. That has been the huge problem, but playing on the third line, that won't be an issue. So I think if you need like a, a cheap two man, I think you can do something like, you know, cop and Ernie or cop and sunk fist, especially where sunk fist um, is on the top power play unit for Detroit on the Buffalo side. Um, it'd be just the top two lines that I have the most interest in. Cause I'm worried about um, worried about ice time for that uh, middle stat Olofsson line. And I'm, I don't think I'm getting all the way down to Tyson Jost and Zemgis Gergensen's uh, even on a four gamer. So, I, you know, that Buffalo second line has looked really, really good um, in a small sample. Um, you know, they are probably going to see a fair bit of that Detroit second line, which, you know, they I think they'll be good offensively, but I think there are definite questions defensively as well. So I don't mind Buffalo two here as one of those secondary stacks that you can use um, to fit in the more expensive guys. Again, I think it would be more uh, two manning. So, you know, two man cousins and Quinn cousins, Paterka. I think you can even do Paterka and Quinn. Um, I think it'd be more two manning there so I can pay up for the Edmonton Oilers or something like that, but I don't mind uh, Detroit or that Buffalo second line. So I, I kind of like both second lines as cheap options uh, for people or taking duos, you know, two man uh, rather than full line stacks, you know, Buffalo one certainly in play uh, at a reasonable price. Um, the problem here is that the Detroit penalty kill has typically been um, pretty good this year. Um, you know, still not sliding a little bit, but still good. Um, Detroit doesn't really give up a lot of power play opportunities, only three per game. That's well below league average. So I think Buffalo one is fine here, but I'm going to be honest. I think I'd rather just pay a little bit more and play the Ottawa top line. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. I think I like the cheaper options a little bit better than the expensive guys here. Yeah, I mean, going to Buffalo one here is fine. Like, don't get me wrong. They're 19 and change. Like, it's kind of hard to fit with Edmonton or pieces of Toronto, stuff like that. So, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I'd rather go to the Ottawa top line or Ottawa power play stack or, you know, but I I, I think, you know, Buffalo one's perfectly fine here. I do like the Detroit side as well. I do share the same concerns with Raymond. I think you can power play stack, like leave off Raymond, add in Perron. You know, Craig Anderson or Uko Pekka Lukanen doesn't really scare me. The matchups don't really scare me. So, yeah, I have interest in both sides of this game. On the blue line, I think uh, Rasmus Dahlin at 7,600 is fine. I think, like, I don't know. Like the payup options, like I, I almost would rather just play Fox or Chabot there for way less. So like I don't know if you need like the Carlsons and the Dalines tonight. So maybe it brings down their ownership and it ends up it's so facto whatever calculations you're doing could end up being a very good GPP play. Um on the other side, Maurice Cedar at 5k is nice as well. Uh Henry Joki Haru, 2900, I think is fine. Um Philipronic in that mid range is okay. And Jake, we'll, we'll just, you know, contractual obligation, Jake Wallman shout out. Yeah. Obviously Jake Wallman shout out. He's, he's actually put up 12 shots in six games despite playing like 15 minutes a game. So he's getting involved offensively. Um, yeah. I, I definitely don't mind Wallman um, as one of those cheap uh, blue liners um, on the other side. It would be probably Yoka Haru for the sub three K guys. I'm still uh, getting reasonable minutes. Um, not going to say a whole lot more about the expensive guys. I think you really kind of nailed it. 
Don't forget to click the link below and sign up for BetMGM. Deposit 10, win 200. It's that simple. Not only do you need to make the account, deposit the 10. Bet it on the pregame money line in the World Cup game. Get 200 free bets. It really is that simple. There are no strings attached. Last game of the night, Edmonton Oilers, 3.7 total heading into Chicago. Blackhawks have a 2.7 total. Stewie Skinner, Arvid Soderblom confirmed. Looks like Zach Hyman, like he wasn't on there the last two games, but he ended up moving up in both those games to replace Pugliarvi. So on the lineup builder, I don't know if there's anything definitive in skates, but he's yeah, they had a they had a skate while um, we were on, and they said Hyman's going to be on the top line. So there's your 23k plus line. Gravy. Yeah, so Hyman's up there. Second line is now Matias Janmark, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Jesse Pugliarvi. Status quo for the Hawks with the Edmonton top line fully correlated on the power play. I have no interest in the second, third, or fourth lines. If you want to add in Ryan Nugent Hopkins and go about your day, yippee Kaye, Blackhawks, what do you do here? Oilers haven't been great defensively. Like, like Anthony C. or Taze Kane, I guess is fine, but like, with Taze, they're probably going to see a fair bit of McDavid, and that's where you mate. So, like, if you want to go to, like, Domi, Taylor, Radish, don't mind it for the power play there if you're looking to fit in, like, Toronto guys or Ottawa. Like, I, I don't know about game stacking here. I guess you can. It's a short slate. So, yeah, I just don't want to play the line going into McDavid. Yeah, I wonder how they're going to do this because it had been Taves, Radish, and Kershev taking some top-line minutes. Um, taking top line matchups. And then that Dickinson, Blackwell, Kyra line was also taking some top line minutes. So it's basically Chicago's second and third lines they're using against opposing top lines. I'm thinking that they put Taves and Kane together to keep them away from McDavid. Like I can't imagine you're going to put your only decent offensive line out against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl uh, in the hopes of winning that game. I think they put them together so that basically whenever McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't on the ice, Taves and Kane are. Especially with Anthony C.U. there, who's absolutely poopers defensively. Yeah, I, yeah, I would think that it would be Phil Kershev uh, on the wing um, if they were actually – now, they still might. We don't know how this is going to work out because these are long combinations they haven't had all season. But I'm still assuming you're going to see probably mostly the Kyra Dickinson Blackwell lot going out against McDavid and Dreisaitl. And like <laughs> – like they haven't been awful defensively, two point two expected goals against. It's that they just don't generate anything offensively, so they're well below water by expected goal share, and um, they run the risk of you know just not creating anything in the offensive zone and McDavid and Drysaddle just racing back the other way constantly. So uh, assuming Chicago's going to that, like I really, I like, I, I think this is a great spot for the Edmonton top line. Like I haven't been super high on Edmonton for a few weeks now because they're really doing nothing at five on five, but it is just really a good power play matchup here. Um, Chicago three and a half times shorthanded per game. That's uh, above league average. Uh, Edmonton's drawing 3.61 power plays per game. Again, above league average. Um, The Chicago penalty kill um, has been getting worse since the start of the season. Part of it's driven by the goaltending. So maybe Arvid Soderblom um, can kind of save them here tonight, but I don't really think so. I just think it's a pretty good spot for that Edmonton power play unit. And with, you know, with the injuries that Edmonton has and with the depth not really doing so well, like we've seen McDavid and Drysaddle play like 25, 26 minutes in recent games. So 
I think I'm just figuring out a way to put in uh, the expensive Oilers guys and then seeing what I can do with the rest of my lineup. Um, I agree with you. You don't have to really pay attention to second and third lines. Um, you know, if you want a one-off uh, Matias Yanmark for super cheap or something like that, like I think you can. I just I don't think you really need to. On the Chicago side, the, the top line for the Blackhawks is interesting to me. Like the projection for the top line of the Blackhawks is higher than the projection for the top line of the Detroit. And their implied goal total is uh, 0.8 goals lower. It's because if they're expect if you know they're expecting that if the Blackhawks is gonna, are going to score, it's definitely from the top six, probably from the top line. And as for as good a power play spot it is for Edmonton, Chicago's at or the Oilers are at 3.9 times shorthanded per game this season, amongst the most in the league. And their penalty kill has been just as bad as Chicago's. So, like I think the Chicago top line is fine to play here tonight. I don't expect a whole lot from them, but the ownership's fine. The price is fine. Um, Like you can fit them in with Toronto top line if that's the way you want to go or or Ottawa top line or Buffalo top line or or whatever. Um, So I think Chicago one's fine here. I probably wouldn't dip down to the second line. It's playable because Domi and Radish are probably going to be on the power play again. It is a good power play spot. So if you want a two-man Domi and Radish or something, I think that's acceptable, but I don't mind Chicago one here going into, I think going into what's going to be some pretty bad depth uh, from Edmonton. Um, but it is about the the big Edmonton guys here. I think that's the story of the slate, actually. Yeah. And if you are fading Connor McDavid tonight, fasten your seatbelt, put on a helmet, do what you need to do. You're in for a ride. Uh, haven't decided what I'm doing yet, but. I think I have an idea. On the blue line, Tyson Barry running the top power play unit at 3,900. He's kind of fine at 3,900. So I think Seth Jones is a good play too at 6,300. Like he's probably about as expensive as I go tonight uh, for a defenseman. I think he's good. Um, Connor Murphy, Jake McCabe might block 4,000 shots combined tonight. Uh, Maybe. Uh, But they are over 4K. So bit iffy uh cody cc i guess is all right darnell nurse 4400 evan bouchard if he played more than 12 minutes i would probably put him in my lineup but he probably won't that that's the problem bouchard's shooting a lot lately um seven shots the other night but he did it in like 14 minutes he can't rely on that every single night so i do like darnell nurse's price again i know he's going to be highly owned but i really like that price again um i think he's perfectly playable here i agree with you on cc I'll just mention Jack Johnson. Like, I know it's kind of funny to think about, but he's probably going to be like second or third in ice time amongst the Chicago defensemen. Um, probably will have to put up a lot of blocks here tonight if Chicago wants to win this game. Coming up after us, we have the No House Advantage Wednesday night NBA show at 3.30 with Terry and Gundacker. Then we have the NBA Deeper Dive at 4.45 with Greg and Adam. So make sure to stay tuned for that. I have an idea who you're going to like in that here. Samsonov is the obvious play. Um, anyone else you liking? I mean, nobody that like I'm running out to play. I do think um, Stuart Skinner's fine. He's just a little bit expensive. I honestly don't hate Craig Anderson tonight. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, he's not projecting well, um, but he is relatively cheap. He's played well this year. He's been Buffalo's best goalie, which I know isn't saying much, but has been their best goalie. Um, 
it, it is just a landmine. I think I might just choke the chalk down with Samson off. Um, we'll see how uh, my line of construction builds go. But like, other than that, probably Soderblom or Skinner, someone in that game. Yeah, Samson off the obvious guy. Like the goalies in the Rangers Senators game. If you want to strap yourself to a rocket and cry for three hours, go for it. I do agree with Craig Anderson. I also don't mind Nendelkovic. Like Stu Skinner, if you're paying up, is fine. Same with like Arvid Soder. I think like honestly, the only goalie that I probably won't give strong thought to is Aaron Dell. <laughs> Aaron Dell, yeah. Like why why go to Aaron Dell when you can just play the minus three hundred favorite? in Samsonoff, but like, yeah, I'll consider Halak and Talbot. I just, you know, that's my least favorite game to pick a goalie from. We'll, we'll just say. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. Patrick pick. This is, this could be spicy. <laughs> yeah. It could be a little bit spicy uh, considering the lines that uh, I do like playing tonight. I'm going to go somebody that you might not think of as a Hattie contender, but I hope he does it. Tim Stutzler. I like that pick. I had a feeling we were going to hear a senator here. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't want to give away like obvious picks here. I want some spicy meatballs. <sighs> going to go David Perron. I like it. A little power play action. Yeah, After great. we just talked up Craig Anderson, we picked David Perron for for the hat trick. Go us. Um, I appreciate all y'all joining in, especially for that uh, little strategy talk at the beginning. We will be back. Tomorrow, I think it's a little bit bigger slate. Uh, we'll be in premium Discord. We'll be on Twitter. BetMGM, sign up. What are you waiting for? Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.